Good morning, Parkway Church. Y'all doing good today? I know you are, and I'm so excited you're here with us, whether you're gathered at Parkway Port Lavaca, Parkway Lone Tree, Parkway Online, or Parkway Victoria. Man, it is so good to have you with us today. Before I jump into today's talk, I want to celebrate a few things. This has been a big week of seeing people take their next step in their journey with Jesus through our church family. On Sunday morning at the Grace Chapel, we had five people get baptized on Sunday. It was so exciting, so exciting. You should be clapping right now. That's all I'm saying. It was so exciting. Sam preached live and then baptized five people. And I'm so thankful for Sam and his team and how they are building lives in Port Lavaca and how they're building relationships that build disciples. It is quite ironic, and it's not missed on me, that we are having people declare their new life in Christ through baptism in a funeral home. And so, it, it, you know, they're, they're, anyway, Russell's preaching live there this morning, so I can pick on this, the fact that we are showing people new life in a place where they experience the eternal life. And so, anyway, I'm done with that. And, and just for the record, Grace is a wonderful place in Port Lavaca. It's not our final resting place, but it is a great place. We also had a group of students take their next step on Wednesday night at our Student Impact Camp Celebration. In Student Impact style, they, had, uh, they played, they played um, slip and slide kickball, which instead of having base paths that you run, you would kick the ball and then slide down the, the, the tarp into first base, which was a baby swimming pool. And by the way, Russell tested it out one day and threw out three muscles. Like, like his back was completely out of whack. And he's like, I feel old. I can't preach young preacher Sunday. So preach it anyway. Go, bro, go. <laughs> and so we had kids go public with their faith at this student impact gathering. You know, the, the kickball is fun. But what really adds life to our kids is that they were able to see four of their friends go public with their faith through baptism. And we celebrate middle school and high school students as they find their faith and then they live it together, as they live their faith together in Christ. It's so cool to see high schoolers and junior hires take their next step. We had one young man who's a senior in high school decide to believe in Jesus while they were at camp. And just two weeks later, he says, I'm going public with my faith in Christ through baptism. That kid's gonna go back to school different this year. That kid's gonna go back and find and live God's calling and his will for his life, and we couldn't be happier to be a part of that. And Parkway Church, you are a key part of that through everything we do to build relationships that build disciples. As we hear about kids taking their next step and we hear about what's happening in Port Lavaca with people taking their next step through baptism, I also wanna remind you that the handout you received today shows you what next step you could take. We all have a next step, take yours. We all have a next step, take yours, and we will celebrate with you the next step that you are taking with the Lord because God's at work in you and God's in work at work through all of us. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a church that encourages people to take their next step. And thank you for the people today that are by faith gonna say, you know what? 
I'll take my next step, whether that's to open my Bible and to read it personally, or that's to get baptized. I will take that next step, or whether it's to join a group or to join the church. I will take that next step, whether it's to find my place to serve on a team with people or behind the scenes. I will take that next step, or whether it's to share the message of Christ or the resources I have so that others will know Christ. I will take my next step. We've all got a next step. Take it. That's my push and my encouragement to you today as we jump into today's message. We have in this series looked at how we can live with joy, not just circumstantial joy, but biblical joy, where we learn from Jesus and we fix our eyes on him and say our joy comes from him. It's a joy that's not like the world gives. It's a joy that Jesus gives. We've looked in this series about how to live with love and how our job in this world is to love God with everything we've got, and to learn how to love people like he loves people. We've learned about hope in this series, and today I want to tie it all together with a reminder that we can have faith always, and that faith and living by faith and living with faith makes all the difference in the world for us as believers. Growing up, I grew up in an age where we didn't have cell phones that could map out perfect steps to a location. I grew up instead with a dad map. My dad had this internal map in his head. In this map, we would go on trips and I would say, Dad, do you know where we're going? Yep. Second question, Dad, do you know how we're going to get there? Maybe. Anybody else have a relative, a mom, a dad, a grandparent who always took the scenic route? There was a direct route, but your driver would take that scenic route, and they'd say, isn't this pretty out here? I'm feeling like we're lost, Dad, but yeah, but isn't it pretty out here? Look at the wildflowers. Look at the cattle. Look at the Rio Grande River. Look, I mean, Dad, I think we're lost. My dad would always take the scenic route. And as we were in that Country Squire station wagon, we would take the scenic route with him. We would essentially put our faith in my dad, that he would get us to the location we wanted, that we would trust his timing, and that we would be on a journey with him that would be good for all of us. It was never a revolt in the back where we said, no, 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 stop and get directions. We put our faith in him. There was never a revolt in the back that said, I don't want to go there. We put our faith in him. And today, as we look at our journey with Jesus, I want us to learn how we can put our faith in and how we can live our faith in Christ. And we're going to do so by studying the book of 2 Thessalonians. If you've been with us for a while, you know we're on a journey through Scripture. We're opening each and every book of the Bible to see the big idea and to learn how we can love God and love people as a result of what we are seeing in Scripture. So now we're in the book of 2 Thessalonians. And in this book, Paul's going to talk to us about how to live by faith. Paul's going to talk to us about how to live by faith no matter what's happening to us or around us. This book was written to, to do a few things. First of all, this was a church that Paul was very proud of. Much like I am super proud of you and your love for each other and your love for the Lord. Much like I am super proud of you as we see people take their next steps, Paul was super proud of this church because they were being persecuted, meaning they were paying a personal price for their faith, 
And yet they were standing up and standing with Jesus. They were standing up for and they were standing with Jesus. And Paul says, I am proud of the fact that you have faith, even though you're paying a price for that faith. I'm proud of you. Paul also warned the church, though, there are some teachers that are weaving their way into the church that you need to keep an eye on. There's some false teachers in your midst that you need to pay attention to so that you don't believe and live what they're teaching. You need to limit their influence on you. And then Paul wanted this church to share the hope that they have in Christ so that each and every person in that church would live by faith in Jesus. So we're going to look at 2 Thessalonians today to learn how to put our faith in Christ and how to live our faith in Christ together. And we're going to start with 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 3 through 4. Listen to how Paul says it. Verse 3. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all persecutions and trials that you are facing. Paul says, we ought always to thank God for you. Meaning, every time I think of you, I thank God for you. Every time you are mentioned, I thank God for you. Every time you cross my mind, church in Thessalonica, I thank God for you. Every time I have a memory of ministry as the church was planted and blooms and blossomed, I thank God for you. And he says, I thank God for you for two reasons. Your faith is growing more and more, and your love for people is increasing. I thank God for you because your faith is growing more and more. Paul's going to set the stage here for a life where faith isn't a one-time experience, but it's an everyday expression. Our faith isn't something that we have in one moment and no longer need it. But our faith instead is something that is growing over, over, over time. It's growing over trouble. It's growing through every trial. Our faith is growing. And our love for people and our love for God is increasing as our faith grows. I thank God for you. And I boast about your perseverance in the church and your faith. And what I want to encourage you with today, church that's living your faith, church that's growing in your love for people, what I want to encourage you with today is the challenge to continue to live by faith. We have a world where uncertainty is certain. And in an uncertain world, we must have a certain faith in Christ. You can't put your faith in your own plans. The world is too uncertain. You can't put your future in the hands of another man or another woman. The world is too uncertain. You can't put your future in a, a desired outcome of health and happiness and wellness and riches. The world is too uncertain and none of that's promised. But you can and you should put your hope in a God where your faith is certain, even in uncertain times. See, if we learn to trust God by faith, instead of determining the, our own steps for our lives, the steps of our lives will actually take us where we want to go. 
If we learn to trust God with our happiness, God will actually lead us to something that is more meaningful than, than simple happiness. He'll lead us to joy and holiness. If we learn to put our faith in God in every pursuit, God will use every pursuit to make us more like Jesus. See, listen to the promise. Keep reading 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling. When you see it, that God has called you to be a believer who's Faith is growing and his love is increasing. That should drive you to your knees. God, make me worthy of your calling. Make me worthy of being a man of faith, a woman of faith. Make me worthy of being a parent of faith, a co-worker of faith. Make me worthy of being a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a fiancé of faith. God, make me worthy of the calling that you have put upon my life. It should drive us to our knees. Because here's the promise that we have. And that by his power, he may bring to fruition every desire for goodness and every deed prompted by faith. We, we pray this in the name of the Lord, Je- that, the Lord, that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul is teaching us here is that if you will pursue your dreams, If you will pursue your desires, not by your own power, but by the power of God lived in faith. If you will pursue your own dreams and desires, not based on your plan, but based on God's plan for your life, that God will actually bring the desires and dreams of your life to fruition. And God will make every good deed prompted by love effective and fruitful as you live your life. See, the choice we have as believers in Jesus Christ, we can live based on our own power and abilities, our own limited power and abilities. Or, by faith, we can put our trust in God, whose power is unlimited, whose plan is perfect, the God who's always at work behind the scenes and in our lives. We can trust our own way Or we can put our faith in God and experience his power in such a way that our desires actually come to life and that our good deeds are actually a blessing to other people. We can trust God in such a way that our lives actually bring glory to God instead of glory or honor or credit to ourselves. In the Old Testament, we're taught that God will give you the desires of your heart. And Paul says it again here. When you align your wants, when you align your desires, when you align your dreams with God's will and God's word, God will unleash all of your dreams and all of your desires upon you. When you align who you are and what you're doing with the perfect will and the perfect word of God, you will see this come true. Your dreams will come to fruition. Oh, he might change your dreams along the way to match his word and his will, but that dream that he gives you will come true. Oh, he might do it a different way than you expected, but that dream and that desire will come true because God 
never, ever reneges on a promise. And the promise here is, let's line it up with my heart and my word. And I will bring every deed prompted by faith to fruition. Friends, when I call you to live your life by faith, what I'm asking you to do is this. First, explore faith in Christ. You can fill in that blank. Explore faith in Christ. For some of us, that means that we are going to need to discover what faith is for the very first time. I remember when I was 17 years old, I had no relationship with God. I had no teaching from the Bible in my life. But I was told that if you put your faith in Christ, he will save you. And I tell you, whether you're 17, 37, or 77, explore faith in Christ because it's faith in Christ and Christ alone that makes you right with God and begins your relationship with God. And I tell you as a believer in Jesus that faith isn't just something that we say we have once, but faith is something that we live every day. So let's explore this faith as Paul continues to teach us about faith in 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. Again, Paul writes, But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits. So this church in Thessalonica were some of the first believers. They were like first fruits. They were like the first 10% of the church, so to speak. They weren't the last fruits. We are fruits of the gospel as well. But Paul was saying, you are setting an example for those to come. God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at exploring faith in Jesus, I need you to know that your faith begins not just with your own decision, but begins with God's love for you. The Bible here says that, that, that God sanctifies you and calls you by the power of his Holy Spirit. So if you're here today, and maybe you were prompted by a friend to come to church, let me tell you, it wasn't that friend's invitation that brought you to church. It's the Holy Spirit of God that's wooing and calling you and bringing you to a place where you might put your faith in him and find life. If you're here today as a believer in Jesus, you haven't been to church in weeks or months or years and you showed up today, why are you here? It's because the Holy Spirit of God is the one who prompts you and woos you and reminds you of your relationship with Jesus and says, go live it. You've got it. Let's live it. See, our faith does a couple things for us that we learn about in this passage. First, when we have faith in Jesus, what's it do? It saves us. If you've ever had a moment in your life where you have said, maybe not exactly in these words, but you've said something like this, hey, I'm a sinner, I do wrong, and Jesus is my Savior, and I'm going to have faith in him and what he did on the cross to save me. I'm going to have faith in him. Like I did when I was 17, I knew nothing except for the fact that I was a sinner, and they tell me Jesus is the Savior. I'm going to have faith in him to save me. I'm going to have faith in him to change me. Paul says that type of faith is real and effective. That type of faith in our gospel, and what's our gospel? Our gospel is that Jesus died in our place. The sins that we committed and we continue to commit, Jesus took those upon himself 
and died in our place like our substitute. He was crucified and they laid him in a tomb after he had died on the cross. And they laid him in a tomb and three days later he was raised again from the dead to prove that he's God and to offer us life. Not only a new life here on earth, but life forever with him in heaven. This is the gospel we preach. And you can't find home in heaven or a relationship with Jesus by your good works or your good deeds or anything that you can do. You can only find your relationship with Jesus through faith in him. If you, so if you say, Mike, I've got faith in him, you are saved and God is forever your father and heaven is your future home. You are saved and you have the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you so that you can and will live a different life today. But that faith experience isn't a one-time experience. It's not something in our rearview mirror. But our faith is something that we live and express and grow in every day. So believer in Jesus, I want you to continue to explore your faith in Christ. Because there are moments when you need to not only have faith in Jesus, but there are moments when you must put your faith in Jesus. And say, I'm going to do it your way and not mine. I'm going to do it according to your power and not my limited ability. I'm going to do it according to your word and not what I think is right. I'm going to do it your way. I'm not only going to have faith in, I'm going to put my faith in. And believers in Jesus, that's our job, to put our faith in God as his Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. Your faith isn't a one-time experience in your rearview mirror. Your faith is the windshield through which you see all of life. So, explore your faith in Christ. Second, if we're going to live this life of faith, we need to check our map. One of the things that Paul was warning the Thessalonican church about was false teachers. They had people coming into the church that were saying, if you're going to live by faith, let me show you this new map. Let me show you this map that you should be using. Don't use the teaching of the apostles, whether it was by word of mouth or through letters. Don't use that. Let me show you this new map. Growing up before Google, how many of y'all know what a paper map is? Remember paper maps? Paper maps were like you would, to review your map, you'd have to pull over to the side of the road and unfold the map. And is there anything harder than folding that map back up, right? That's the hardest thing in life. Like, I thank God for Steve Jobs just so we don't have to fold up paper maps anymore. But if you were on a trip, like let's say you crossed into a new state, like for us, driving from Louisiana, we had a Texas map because if you're from Louisiana, you want to go to God's state. You want to be in Texas as much as possible. But if you're going west, you know, each and every new state, you'd, you'd say, hey, Dad, do you know where we're going yet? Nope. Need to stop and get a map. So you'd enter into a new state and be like, well, I hope there's a Stuckey's soon so that I could stop and buy a new map. And it, along the way, we would have to, to, to pull over, and then we'd check the map. Are we on the right road? Yeah, we're on the right road. Sometimes they'd hand the map to the little kid in the back. That'd be me. And you'd, you'd have this scale that would determine, okay, how far are we from our intended destination? And so you would use your finger, that's an inch, so that's all these miles, right? And you go, okay, we're going to be there. Never. <laughs> that's when we're going to get there. And, and I just encourage you as believers, we have a map, which is the map for our faith. And that is the Bible. 
this old paper book or the new digital Bible that you have on your phone is the map that we check to see whether or not we're living by faith. Paul is going to warn the church that if you have to go pick up a new map for every face, for every challenge you face, if you have to go pick up a new map based on whatever teachers are pushing today, then you have got to check your map because there is one map. And it is the Bible that God has given to us and God has protected for us. And God desires for us to live by as we live our lives by faith. Listen to how Paul challenges the church to check their map. 2 Thessalonians 2, 15 through 17. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you. Stand firm and hold fast to the teachings, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus himself and God our Father who loves us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. So what Paul here is saying is, check everything against my word. Check everything. As you go through your life, hold fast to my teachings. And then what's the promise? You will be encouraged by God. You will be strengthened by God. And you will do good works for God. When you check your map and live by faith, not according to a secondhand map, not according to somebody else's opinion. When you live according to the word of God, his map for your life, you'll be encouraged, you'll be strengthened, and God will use you. Now, does this mean that we don't need teachers? Does this mean that we don't need to connect in community to worship God and to be taught his word? Does this mean that we don't need to circle up in small groups and to teach one another? Does this mean that we don't need Mike anymore? It absolutely does not mean that. What it means is you must test every teacher before you trust any teacher. You must test every word to see if it's consistent with God's holy word. Your question isn't, do I need a teacher? Your question is, is this teacher teaching me from the word of God? So I want you to reject a few things. Reject any tweaks changes or adjustments to the gospel. Some people will come and say, in the name of faith, that if you are experiencing any struggle, any trial, any turmoil, any sickness, then you don't have enough faith. They will blame your faith on your experience. They will make you question and doubt your salvation and the goodness of God if you're facing any trouble. Let me tell you, the church in Thessalonica and the believers of old, they experienced big-time persecution. They had big-time problems, and yet what were they affirmed for? They were affirmed for having huge faith in Christ. Friends, it is possible for you to have great faith and still experience astronomical difficulties. It is possible for you to have a faith that is firmly rooted in Christ, and yet you still struggle. You say, Mike, well, that's about the worst news that you could have shared with me. Well, just remember, 
The gospel wasn't given to us just to make us healthy, wealthy, or wise. The gospel wasn't given to us just to give us purpose and an easy life. The gospel was given to us so that we sinners could be like God and we sinners could have a relationship eternally with God. And if you have a teacher that ever begins to twist that, says your best life now is lived on earth, ooh, that's a twist. If my best life is lived on earth, I don't that's not a very good life. It's, it's got to get better than Splashway and Ibuprofen. It's got to get better. So I'm going to reject any twi- tweaks, changes, or adjustments. But I'm also going to trust teachers who read the Bible to show me how it can relate to my life. I'm going to trust teachers who apply the Word of God. They don't twist it, they don't turn it, and they don't truncate it. I've got the twist and the turn. What's the truncate? That truncate is when you take off pieces of it because it feels uncomfortable. That truncate is when you don't teach the whole word of God. That truncate is to shorten it so that it tickles ears. That truncate is so that you take away the conviction and the power of the word of God by removing the messages that would call for repentance and confession and change, all simply to attract a crowd instead of building disciples. So you need to trust a teacher who doesn't twist or turn, or truncate the Bible. And can I be crystal clear with this? You need to test everyone and start with me. You need to test everyone, and it begins right here. Because God says for us to live by faith, the kind of faith that brings our godly dreams and desires to fruition, the kind of faith that says, I'm going to trust your timing and your will for my life. If we're going to live that type of faith, We must have one map, and it must be the Word of God. Check your map. Got one more question before we move on to the final point today. In our phones, there are tools that show us which apps we use the most. And there's a way that you could go on and ask this question of yourself today, a point of reflection maybe later. Who are you turning to for directions more? Google or the Lord Jesus? If you looked at the apps you're using, what would we see? I mean, we've all been out having some fun this summer, most of us. We've all been out hitting the roads, whether it's for work or for recreation. We've all been going to destinations where we want to get there on time in one piece. So let me ask you the question. Who are you trusting more for guidance? Google Maps or Jesus Christ. So if you check the apps that you've recently used, Google Maps, Google Maps, Google Maps, Facebook, Google Maps, Google Maps, Instagram, Google Maps, Google Maps, uh, Pinterest, Google Maps, Google Maps, Amazon. What, what, Google Maps, Google Maps, Bible? Let me, let me just ask you the question. Are you trusting Google Maps? Or are you trusting the map of your life? You say, Mike, I don't have time to turn to the Bible. <laughs> it's because you're always on doing something with Google Maps. Mike, I don't have an ability. Yes, you do. You can do it. You're a believer. The Spirit of God lives in you. Who are you trusting? Say, Mike, it's important that my family gets to these places in one piece and on time and happy and getting along. 
But can I just push it a little further and say, if you will live according to the word of God in your life, in your family, if you will trust his map, your family can get to the place spiritually and emotionally and relationally that you dream and desire they will be. They will be safe. They will be happy. They will be with you on the journey as you live according to God's word. Let me just ask you one last time. Who's in charge of your destination? I would hope and pray that you'd say, I'm going to check my map and make sure that the map I'm building my life on isn't just my plan, but it's the map of God's word. So first, we're going to explore faith. Second, we're going to check our maps. Third, we're going to voyage with God. This life of faith, faith is not in our rearview mirror. Faith is our windshield. It's what we live. It's what we do. It's how we experience life from this point forward after believing in Jesus. So I'm going to voyage with God. Recently, we went on a trip 13 hours in the car. Me and Christy and three teenagers. We all came back. We all like and love each other still. But I did learn one thing on this trip. I learned that back in the day, the country squire, like station wagon day, right? We would ask the question, are we there yet? Kids these days don't ask that question. You want to know why? Because they've got a device in their hand that's got a map that will show them, are we there yet? So what has replaced, are we there yet? The car will be quiet. Everybody's doing their thing on their device. It's a blessed experience. And then somebody looks up. And this is what's replaced. Are we there yet? Somebody will look up. Did we just lose signal? <laughs> are, are we outside of cell coverage? I don't have 3G. I, I've got, oh, uh, what's happening? I don't have any bars. Anybody else have any bars? Like this moment of crisis comes. Did we lose signal? It's not are we there yet. It's are we connected along in the journey? That's the question. And as we look at our lives, I hope and pray that we would voyage with Jesus and we would be eager and hungry to live our lives in connection with him by faith as a teenager is in a road trip, trying to avoid every conversation with dad, trying to avoid every long stare into nowhere, that we would look and say, this is my goal, to live connected with the Lord Jesus by faith in everything that I do. And you can do it. Not because of who you are alone, but because of who God is. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 through 5. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In this voyage with Jesus that you're living by faith, I want you to know this. I want you to know that your God is faithful. And when you know that your God is faithful, what does he do? When you know that your God is faithful, what does he do? He strengthens you. We all need strength for the journey. If life isn't easy, if life is uncertain, if life, even lived by faith, comes with difficulties, where's the good news? The good news is that when we put our faith in God, he is faithful. 
and he will strengthen us. Our God loves us and cares for us so personally and powerfully that our faith in him shows his faithfulness, and he will strengthen us and he will protect us. When you live by faith, not only are you protected from the evil one, the enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy, the one who comes to devour all the good work of God in your life, not only are you protected from the evil one when you live by faith, but you're protected by the, from yourself and the bad decisions you would have made if you made them on your own instead of by faith in God. He, by faith, will strengthen you and protect you. Second thing he grows in you in this voyage is confidence in the Lord. How do you know if you have confidence in the Lord? When we have confidence in the Lord, we have him directing our steps. We aren't going with our gut. We're not looking to take the scenic route. But when we are walking by faith, we have confidence in the faithful, good God. And we have directed steps. We have steps that we don't have to be ashamed of, steps that we don't have to regret. Steps that we can take with boldness because they are his steps that we are taking by faith. When you have a confidence with the Lord, you can be above the fray. When you have a confidence from the Lord, you can have a directed heart and you can have perseverance. Perseverance is that quality that faith produces that keeps us pushing on in the journey of life. Faith is that Perseverance is the quality that faith builds in us. It says, even when it's not easy, I'm going to hold on to Jesus because I'm living with faith and I'm putting my faith in him. Today, as you look at your life, explore faith. It's not the rearview mirror experience you had once. It's the windshield. It's the future as we live our life by faith. Explore that faith. Then check your map. Who are you trusting to build your life? Very practically, are you turning to the word of God yourself, personally? And then lastly, voyage with God by faith. The end game for your life, it's not just that you would be healthy, wealthy, and wise and have purpose. The end game of your life is, I know that I'm God's. I know that I'm his son or a daughter. I know that I'm his, and I am learning to live like him. That's the big goal, y'all. And it takes faith every step of the way. So whether God is taking you a direct route or whether God is taking you the scenic route to your dreams and desires and his good life expressed in you, put your faith in him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to open your word. Help us to apply it to our lives. God, I pray that when we're on the scenic route as believers, when we're on the long journey that doesn't seem to make sense to us. God, I pray that you would help us to have faith to not take things in our own hands, to not do things our own way only, but to put our faith in you, to do things your way, to do things according to your will and your word. God, I pray you help us all to check the map of our life, are we trusting the opinion of others? Are we trusting our own way of thinking? Are we trusting the word of God that's living and active? God, help us to check the map. And God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that no matter where they are on their voyage with you, 
God, that you would be growing their faith, that it would be increasing, and that we would love each other more and more and live this faith out in godly, good, loving relationships. As the church prays, if you've never believed in Jesus, I invite you to make today your day. Put your faith in him. You can mark this moment by praying, Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And you are the savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life.